Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Knoll, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Welcome, Glenn Polis. You are the CEO of Gap Wireless, Inc., and it can be found at gapwireless.com. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Doug. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, so you're in the business of providing telecom equipment. That's to- right cell carriers and people who build cell, cell towers and stuff like that. How do you get into that business? Before you answer the question, I remember when I first, my I saw my first cell phone. Right. Oh, yeah. The brick, the big shoebox size. Yeah. And, and uh, my wife and I were going up to Vail, Colorado from the Denver airport. And uh, President Gerald Ford was in Vail at the time. And these two Secret Service guys had these big, huge boxes. Right. I yeah. Shook my head. <laughs> Well, that's a very good intro to what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, the first part, I'll say it really quickly, just so it gets, you know, get to the heart of it, which, but I was a salesman. Uh, I was working for the federal federal government in Canada the, for the weather service, fixing electronic stuff, right? And um, the my boss pulled me aside one day and he said, you're in the completely wrong business. Uh, he said, I think you should try to go into sales. I think you'd have a better goal of it. And you know, I was young and impressionable and I don't remember even questioning him on it. And I just flipped open the newspaper and started looking for work. Right. And I did get a job. Um, and there's some funny stories behind all that, but nonetheless, I got a job working for a company that was, uh, selling high technology products from around the world in Canada. Right. And we represented companies from Australia and Germany and South America and everywhere. Right. And we, we had, uh, we were basically sort of sales engineers for them. Right. We would, we would develop the markets in Canada for these vendors. And so after about five years, I realized, uh, you know, they kept upgrading their cars and not my car stayed the same. Right. And I was thinking, (laughs) something's not right here. So maybe I need to be an owner of one of these companies too. Right. And, um, and so I approached them in 1991. Uh, It was about six months before my 30th birthday. And I really had this desire that I was going to start my company before age 30. Right. And it was just one of those things. And it was just needling away at me. And so I said, Hey guys, I'd like to take one or two of your product lines. They had like 40, right. In this you know, newfangled technology space. And I'd like to spin it off into a new company. You guys can own some, I'll own some, and then I'll go sign up a bunch of other vendors and I'll make a new company. And now you guys can have a piece of two companies. I'll have, I'll be an entrepreneur. I'll be happy. And all the, everyone's goals will be met. Right. And the, the the president said, you know, that's never going to work. You know, you can show me your plan, but I can, you know, I'm going to show you that you're much better off sticking where you are. And, you know, and so the next day after being married for six days, I quit and just (laughs) unceremoniously passed in my resignation and then went home and told my wife that I'd quit my job. Right. And, and of course I, it was based on this 
newfangled technology that never went anywhere, right? Which was the cell phone, right? right? And we all know where that ended up, right? You know, that was a flash in the pan, right? And, uh, but no, seriously, the business was all about cellular technology, wireless technology uh, driven by the cellular market, right? Because all sorts of wireless, but I'm talking about cellular wireless, right? And so for, you know, 15 years, I ran a company, um, which was selling products and services to mainly products. I mean, to the, uh, to the wireless carriers in Canada. And I had sold that business and, you know, to make a long story short, uh, I sold it to a public company, which was kind of one of those slice and dice, um, hatchet job kind of public companies, which I was very, I guess, still naive and still mainly just a salesperson running a, you know, fairly successful company, but not that sophisticated, I guess. And ultimately, they ended up closing down our division. And ultimately, the shares in the business that I that I had taken for my company ended up becoming virtually worthless. And so on paper, I had become this millionaire, and I was still running that business. And then, of course, they scuttled the whole thing. And then eventually, their shares went to nothing. And I was faced with the prospect of needing to get a job after 15 years of running this company. And, and so it was easier for me to... Um, think about starting a new business than to uh than to fill out my resume and go pound the pavement right and so uh as i love to tell the story you know i started with my let the letters of my name g and p and i added a vowel a and i came up with gap and there's gap wireless and 10 minutes later i had a name and half an hour later with online capability i was uh, incorporated and then i got together with another guy he became my partner um you know we ran that business for 15 more years to February 2022. And then we did an all cash deal this time. And we sold it to a private equity last February. And um, again, our business is all about selling mobile wireless infrastructure to the uh, predominantly the Canadian uh, carriers, Bell, Telus, Rogers, etc. We do sell certain technologies in the US, but but for the most part, the wireless stuff, we're a Canadian-based company. Yeah. What is, you, you're obviously very excited about what you do. Um, what, what is it about your work that that floats your boat? Well, mainly the, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, of course, some of the reasons I like to do these podcasts, because I have a book, right, which I have a proudly on display. Can you talk about that? Oh, can you hold the book up so we can see it? This is sure, sure. I even have a, I even have an award wrapped around it as well. Sorry about that. And um, yeah, so the book is never sit in the lobby. Lobby. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, and uh, that's one of the rules I learned on all my calls over the last, you know, thirty-five years, right? And um, uh, so one of the chapters in the book is called greed-based learning, right? And and everybody's asked me what the heck is greed-based learning, right? And I'm like. Greed-based learning is when you can attach some greedy little, your greedy little nature with your curiosity, then learning becomes effortless, right? And I, and people are saying, I don't get what you mean, right? And I say, okay, here, I'll give you an example. And the example I always share is that I, I personally don't know anything about cars, right? I just don't care to know about them. I, I know if I look at them and I like them that I like them, but otherwise I, I don't care to look under the hood or, you know, the suspension or anything, right? But once every four years, I become an armchair expert on three or four models of cars. And those are the three or four that I potentially might own, right? And I'm talking to the wife and I'm saying, oh, honey, you know, it's got this dual overhead cam, this hybrid suspension with a, you know, and all these like, technical specs. And it's, I can flawlessly learn it because I know I'm getting one of those vehicles in a few days, right? 
And then I get that car, that first car, and I promptly forget all that stuff and move on and, you know, just flush it from my mind. And when I started to sell, I realized that, you know, that first company, they had 40 companies they sold and each one of them had, you know, say five to 10 products, you know, that's potentially like 200 to 400 products that I needed to learn in order to go sell for them. Right. And it, I, it, I realized it became impossible. So I realized that if I could find someone that was interested in a product, then like, and they had an interest then on that one particular product, I would figure out how much does it sell for? What's my commission? And then I was able to figure out, Hey, if I can learn about this product and tomorrow when I'm visiting this guy, I could potentially make 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, whatever it is. Right. And for some reason, you know, it became effortless to learn about these technologies. And I, and I just love new technology, new buttons and, you know, even to this day, right? I mean, um, there's 70 people in my company and, you know, all this new AI and things like that. I'm the one driving most of those conversations. I'm the one that's most passionate and around the water cooler, you know, talking about, you know, chat GPT and how AI is going to change the world. And I love being on the cutting edge and I'm not super technical, but I know enough to be dangerous in most conversations <laughs> with, with technology. Right. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to give Elon Musk a run for his money or anything, but, uh, but uh, you know, I could definitely sell you a Tesla, I guess, if uh, you know, uh, if I was presented the opportunity. Right. So I just love it. And that's how I get so passionate about technology. Obviously. So why, why, why should you never sit in the lobby? What's the book about? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, never sit in the lobby, 57 uh, uh, factors and rules about how to build a business and a career in sales, right? And so there's the rules I learned about building my companies and uh, being in front of customers. And uh, I like to shorten it by saying how to, how to get, stay, and act in front of customers and how to be a pleasure to do business with always. And that's sort of my mantra. And um, and so all my little rules and tricks, some of them are things to do. Some of them are things not to do. And um, and in the beginning, there's some rapid fire list of them. And one of them is never sit in the lobby. And that's where the <laughs> title came from. And so what that means is, you know, don't show up late and don't show up too early. But when you show up, announce yourself. Nowadays, it's a cell. It's a, it's a telephone. You usually dial the guy and say, hey, it's Bob. Uh, it's Glenn. I'm in the lobby. Right. Right. Most guys I notice or girls, right? They go and they sit on the couch or they wander around looking at all the awards of the company or they're on their cell phone, checking Instagram or something, talking to the wife, texting. I don't do any of that. I keep everything put away and I just wait and I stare at the door. And that's why I don't show up too early because I don't want to have to pace for like, you know, five minutes waiting for the guy, right? I show up on time and I'm waiting and I never sit down. And because the other thing is I'm not super tall. I'm only five, six, right? So if a six foot four guy walks in and I'm sitting on a couch, I've got this like three <laughs> foot difference. I'm looking up at the guy. Of course, he distracts me if I was texting the wife or looking at Facebook or something. And um, and so I'm always attentive and standing up. And then the next little rule is always have something in your hand and something in your mind. So I've always got something to give to the guy uh, and something to say to the guy. And huh. so whenever my salespeople ask me today, oh, I haven't seen him in a while. What am I going to talk about? I don't really know. I say, hey, just show up with something in your hand and something in your mind. It could be it could be just like a promo item that your company has, a T-shirt, a pen, a golf balls, whatever. Or it could be a quotation that he asked for on the phone. Oh, just send me a quote. Um, or, you know, uh, it could be donuts, but in Canada, we love donuts, right. And, uh, Tim Horton's donuts, but you can never, you never show up after 10 30 with donuts. Right. Oh, is and, that the rule? Uh, 10 30. 
It is. Yeah. Because anything after 1030, then you're affecting somebody's lunch. Right. Uh, <laughs> so they're like, Oh, why'd that guy bring me those donuts? <laughs> you know? So the earlier, the better for the donuts. Right. And um, yeah. So always show up with something in your hand, something in your mind. And so there's stories in the book where people, you know, they try to get rid of you or whatever. And they say, Hey, set, just send me a quote. So then the, one of the other rules, and again, there's a, a slight little, uh, you know, expletive in this one, but it's called never, never fax the facts or ship the shit. Right. <laughs> and I learned that in the eighties when we got our fax machine. Right. I remember. Yeah. And nowadays people are like, Oh, you know, you should update that. And I'm like, just read the whole chapter and believe me, I talk about emails later. Right. But, uh, but nonetheless, you know, so many salespeople, I say to them, Oh, you know, what's going on with that deal? You know, at XYZ telecom, they're like, Oh yeah. The guy asked me for a quote. I'm like, Oh, okay. And I go, did you get it to him? He goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. I emailed it over to him. I'm like, you did. And why didn't you drop it off? Right. And, oh, you know, he's probably busy or whatever. And I said, did you follow up? He goes, oh yeah, I left him a voicemail. And I'm like, okay, so, so nowhere in this is any selling occurred. Right. And on the other hand, so what I inspire people to do is the guy says, oh, I just send me a quote. And I don't really know, am I at the point where he's buying my stuff or he just needs a third quote or second, third quote. Right. So I'll say, Hey, you know what? It's funny you ask because I'm going to be in your area on Thursday can I drop by at 10? I'll even bring you some donuts uh, along with your quote, right? It was like, oh, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. And I'm like, no problem. Let me just, why don't I just drop it off in the lobby when I'm there? He's like, oh, okay, fine. Drop it in the lobby. And so Thursday rolls around and I have this quote, duly written something in my hand and something in my mind is to figure out where I stand in this process, right? And so I call him from the lobby. He forgot that he blew me off two days ago and said, I'm too busy to see you. And 95% of the time, they'll come and get the quote from you, right? Because you, you got the donuts. <laughs> exactly. That's the next thing I was going to say. Don't forget I have donuts too, right? I'm like, hey, dude, just pop down. I also have some 12 donuts for you. And uh, so the guy comes down and then I'm able to give him the quote. And, and when I do, I flip, usually flip it open and I just point right out. I say, here, look, you know, here's your investment. Like, how does this look like? Are we in the ballpark? Right. And, you know, the guy hums and haws and whatever. And I start to build where I sit in the food chain. Right. And um, so then I hit him with my next rule. Of course, remember, I always had something in my hand. I didn't sit in the lobby. Now my next one is always ask for a mini tour. Right. And people are like, what's a mini tour? And I'm like, a mini tour is a tour that's mini. And it's not a maxi tour because a maxi tour, if you've ever been to New Orleans, takes four hours. You're in a bus, you're on and off the bus, a bunch of people, you know, and, you know, pushing and shoving. And, you know, a mini tour is quick, right? I just want to see your lab. I just want to see your new warehouse. I just want to see your new office. I just want to see your new whatever. And it'll only take a few minutes. And I, and I'll usually, if the guy's looking weird, I go, Hey, look, I won't sell any encyclopedias while I'm here. You know, you're <laughs> safe. Right. And so he agrees to take me to his new lab, his warehouse, his whatever. Then my next rule comes in, right? Which is never forget a face, right? So when I'm in, when before my never sit in the lobby, I'm practicing my never forget a face rule out in my car. And that's where now in modern days, I, you know, in the book, I talk about my call book, but then I also talk about my cell phone. I go through that customer like Honeywell, let's say I'm at Honeywell and there's like 12 names. And I go through every name and I say, oh, Sally, what does she look like? Right. And I bring Sally's face back to Sally's name. And I can't remember her face. I can't remember her. Right. So I go to LinkedIn. I say, oh, right. That's her. She's the one with the red hair. Right. And then Bob and Jack and Sam and George and, and every one of them 
I have a great memory. The problem is the access times are very slow, right? <laughs> and you know what I mean? And, and so walking it, through the facility and you see in Sally and George. Exactly. And, on the way to my mini tour, right? And the guy is looking at you say, who? So, holy shit, he knows everybody. <laughs> and everybody that I'm saying it to is going, who was that again? Oh, Christ, that was Glenn from two years ago. And he remembered my name. And he's like, oh, I always love dealing with that guy. He's so nice, right? And it just builds up rapport, right? And a lot of my chapters and a lot of my stories are around building rapport and uh, trying to be a pleasure to do business with always, right? That's and so those are the, so that's you know sort of the the concept of the book are all these rules that I've used to stack together in order to get in, and stay in front of my customers, right? And um, and and now of course I run the company, so I mean I'm not the one making a lot of the calls every day, but last last week. I had to fly to Quebec. I had a senior guy that was ill and an American uh, vendor that was flying in. And I had to, I had to fly in and, and make a call. And I used all my, all my techniques that I always did. Never sit in the lobby, have something in your hand, you know, and all sorts, you know, and then afterwards I was reporting and, you know, um, you know, and I basically did it the way I've always done it. And I shared it with my director of sales and he ended up like taking out time and sending it to all the staff and saying, because he'd never really seen me be in action as a salesman, right? And he's like, this is the way it should be done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, yeah. So I know that life is not all always all roses and tulips. How do you deal with the messiness that comes up in your life? Yeah, so the, yeah, the one thing, we've had lots of challenges over the years. And the biggest thing that, um, you know, because of my position, I'm the, you know, the head of the company. Right. And so ultimately all the, all the department heads sort of report to me. And so I'm often faced with challenges of could be something in the warehouse, the orders, the finance, the sales, you know, the, you know, when you're put in a position of leadership, you need to lead, right. That's your job is to be a leader and a leader leader's job is to be present and to make decisions in a timely manner and show leadership. Right. So people just want to follow someone that, thinks they know what they're doing, right? <laughs> you don't necessarily need to know what you're doing. You just need yeah. to look like you need, you know what you're doing right. and act like you think you know what you're doing, right? And, but to make timely decisions. And so, you know, the amount of decisions that I make in a day are, you know, like incredible. It's, that's all I do all day long is help people to make decisions, right? And, um, you know, we do have authority levels in our company and I'm like, hey, that's under a thousand. You can do it yourself. That's 5K. You can do it yourself, you know, like different, levels have different authorities. Every person in my company, right down to the guy in shipping has a hundred dollar authority level. That's the minimum. And if the, if a customer problem comes up that can be solved for less than a hundred dollars, then they don't need to ask anyone else. So let's say the guy brings a widget. It looks weird, broken, not happy, less than a hundred dollars. If you decide the best thing to do would be to throw it in the garbage and give him a brand new one, send him on his way, then that's you're th authorized to do that. Wow. You know, and then of course, if it's a thousand dollars, you got to go to your manager and then 5k and 10k, etc. Right. Um, and so, you know, the um, but the answer to your real question was you have to be able to make decisions even in the face of adversity, right? So when when challenging times come, take action, right? And start taking action, don't freeze, right? You know, and uh, you know, it's like you know free freeze flight fawn or right, right i can't remember there's four of them right? right but but the one where you're like fawning or whatever like don't do that 
right? Free, fight, yeah. and disassociate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you want to basically take action whenever you're in the face of adversity. That's where the uh, greatest uh, rewards come from is moving forward during adversity and not retreating to a position of safety. And that's where the greatest gains came. In uh, 2019, we had, um, you know, we had 80 people in our business and, um, and the 70 people that we have now are two companies because we bought another company. We were 40, when we, 40 people when we sold the business in 2022 and we acquired a company with 30 and that's how we're at 70. But in 2019, we were at 80 in my, in my business. And in one day I had to come in, I told my business partner on a Monday, I said, you know, based on what's happening in the business, we have to let some people go. And he's like, okay, how many? And I, I'm like, we're going to go from 80 to 29. And he's like, what? And he's like, when are we doing that? And I said, it's nine 30 by 10 will be done. And uh, you know, and he's like freaking out. And it turned out, you know, I mean, there's good parts to this story. It's not all bad. The, you know, we, I knew that, I knew that like 40 of them was our service group. We had already talked to a competitor that wanted the business and we didn't want it. And, you know, that one phone call and we were able to basically agree that we were going to transfer the business and the assets to them at our, uh, you know, sort of a, a very reasonable transfer price. And the uh, uh, another group of people was our drone division selling unmanned aircraft for tower monitoring and things that would just didn't make sense. And we sold it to we we had already been being chased by an American firm, called him, got rid of like I think six more people, whatever. And then there were a few adjustments, but every one of those people landed on their feet in a matter of days. That's great. And we went on from you, so we went from 80 to 29. And from that 29 people uh, that next year, we grew to record profits that we'd never seen before into even bigger profits the following years, right? And 2020, 2021, 2022, we had record years, even through the pandemic. And, um, you know, if we had have hung on with all those people, um, well, in the quarter of that Q4 of that year, when we made that change, you know, in that one quarter, we lost a million dollars, right? I mean, we're a small business. We can't afford to run at those kinds of losses, right? So yeah, so it was, um, yeah. So when it's, when things are bad, take action. Wow. Amazing. Um, well, we're coming up on 30 minutes. I got so many more questions I want to ask you. But I don't want to, over, I don't want to over, no over, overextend my welcome with you or our audience. So let me just ask you this sure. last question. So, so Glenn, what is the one thing about yourself that we would never know unless you revealed it to us? <laughs> well, there's so many things, but the one thing that's always funny to tell is that, um, yeah. So, and, and the one thing, the one challenge that I have had in the last few years of selling the business, the pandemic, whatever, is that I've actually gained a lot of weight, right? So I used to be a lot skinnier than I was before. So I'm really battling that and it's not easy to deal. It's the one thing that's really, I'm, you know, it's a, I don't want to say it's a losing battle because I'm actually making strides, but it's been my biggest challenge. If I, it's you know, if I could see your body gets older, how things become more difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm really struggling, really struggling and trying on that. But um, yeah, when I was younger, I was a competitive roller dance and figure skater. So oh, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not on ice skates, but on roller skates, roller side skates. by sides. Right. Yeah, doing uh, doing uh, dance and figure skating competitively throughout the Northeast United States and Canada, and oh, yeah, and I loved it so much. And the other thing is that I'm a, I'm what they call a bedroom DJ. So I started DJing in roller rinks when I was 17, 
And I went on to DJ for a few years. And then in my 40s, I picked it up for a bit and was doing little gigs here and there and events and stuff. And then I did it again in my 50s. And I just got a new system a few weeks ago that I'm playing with. There you go. Well, Glenn Polis, thank you so much for joining us. Glenn Polis of Gap Wireless, found at gapwireless.com. And the name of the book is Don't Sit in the Lobby. Never Sit in the Lobby, yeah. Never Sit in the Lobby. So check that out. Thanks a lot, Glenn. Thanks, Doug. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listeningwithleaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.